It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Listening to the Locked On Nuggets podcast, your daily podcast on the Denver Nuggets. Now, here is your host from DenverStiffs.com, Adam Mades. What is up, everybody? Welcome to Locked On Nuggets, part of the Locked On NBA Network. I'm your host, Adam Mades from DenverStiffs.com, the largest Denver Nuggets blog and community on the web. Check us out. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. This Friday Summit episode of the show, I am joined by two of my favorites around town. Seated to my left. He is the a producer for Altitude 950, co-host of the Vic Lombardi Show. It's Will Peterson. What's up, Adam? Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. That's his voice, so now you know it. <laughs> the other voice, which you might recognize from the Mark Moser Show, where he is a co-host, also the host of In the Paint, the post-game nugget show, Between the Pipes, the post-game app show, and also producer at Altitude 950. Josh Dover. What up, guys? Glad to be here. Thanks for having us. I should have said North Glenn's finest. I, I, I was going to say something about North Glenn to start, but yeah. I didn't. Got a couple North Glenn, Kent Denver. Where the amount of media guys who went to North Glenn is impressive. It's you know, nice, I didn't man. realize it was a feeder school. <laughs> now, I went to Thornton, which was the rival, but I, I lived in North yeah, Glenn. I had to do everything I could to get away from North Glenn, though. You can't. That's just a trash school, so of course hey, you can't go there. By trash school, he means a great basketball yeah, uh, institute. Right. <laughs> 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 Who's... Red and yellow is just a disgusting color combination. It wasn't good, but you we can't did. Defend that. Uh, we did have for most of my basketball career at North Glen because it was the hype of Allen Iverson. We had the Reebok AIs and the red and white with our red and yellow crap-looking jerseys. It did look pretty good. <laughs> I agree to disagree on that. <laughs> it's funny what shoes were popular back then. I had the Penny Twos, yeah, which are like a- an iconic shoe. I feel, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, I don't know. What, what, what was your best shoe? My best shoe, I love the 11s. I have like four uh, pairs right now and just the different colors. So I, I would probably say the 11s. The all reds 13s, I really like too. You know what's funny is you guys are talking about this. This is all going right <laughs> over my head. I bought a pair of and ones freshman year. They lasted me through senior year, and I, I just rolled with those. So I, I'm not into the shoe game as much as you guys are. I did play varsity basketball. I oh, promise my and ones uh, got me all the way through. I was not a shoe guy. And ones are kind of embarrassing, though. You know, yeah, like, you can't rock. A white kid from Kent, <laughs> it's what I picture Kent Dever wearing, though, to be honest. Was it like a team <laughs> shoe? Team shoe? Everybody no, it was wrote. not a team shoe. It was uh, I went to the mall with my mom said those look cool and that's what i rolled with they used to have the little logo of like the silhouette guy the dunker yeah and then yeah. it always have like the lamest trash talk yeah. on it and yeah. i wore that's like my wardrobe for probably like <laughs> eight years of my childhood um let's, let's start off this podcast with talking about the game last night because it was a weird one um my first question was that a good win? I'll start with you, Will. Is that a good win for the Nuggets? You know what's funny is Scott Hastings came into studio because he follows Vic's show, and he said to uh, he said to us, he said that was their best win of the year. <laughs> oh, and oh, and I, I, I kind of oh, started man. laughing, and then Scott said, no, that was their best win of the year. Now, unfortunately, his show started, so I didn't have a chance to get him to elaborate on that. <laughs> but no, it was not their best win of the year. Sorry, <laughs> Scott. But I will say this. When you take a step back, 
in that second half, you didn't have Nikola Jokic, you didn't have Paul Millsap, and you didn't have Wilson Chandler. I mean, arguably at the start of, their, start of the year, clearly their two best players, if not their third best player, fourth, fifth, we could get into the Murray, Harris, whatever. But it's, it's a win, and it's a win they had to have. So for that, it's a good win. But style points, not a good win in the least. Yeah, I didn't think it was a good win at all. I, I thought it was embarrassing. You go out in that first quarter, and you're down, what, 28-6 to six at one point <laughs> to a team that has one road win on the entire year. I thought it was a terrible, terrible game for the Nuggets. Luckily, Will Barton comes in and saves the day. If you don't have a guy like Will Barton on your team last night, you get embarrassed on your home floor by the Chicago Bulls. I, I think it's an embarrassing win. See, I'm in the middle, I think, because I think the Nuggets, like, if you just look at it in a vacuum, that was a game where a lot of things went really bad for them. You know, not just not having Millsap and Wilson to start, but losing Jokic. I thought the first couple minutes they got great shots. They just didn't make any of them. So the fact that they were able to rally back when everything went wrong is good. I think, though, if you step back and look at the context of the last three weeks, the Nuggets have a lot of these games where they come out yeah. and look like a terrible team. There's just some things, and we were just talking about our our lux, you know, our high school basketball careers that we all shined in. <laughs> um, but when I when you still go play pickup or whatever sport you go out and play on your weekend warrior activities, if I, if we're lining up across from one another, or, or Adam, I'm lining up across from you, I want to destroy you. You got no chance. I want to kill you. You, got you no know, chance. that's how the, that's how you want to play against the in a competitor. I didn't see that for 12 full minutes from the Denver Nuggets last night, and that's bad. Well, and the only person who really had that attitude, uh, at least for the whole game, was Will Barton, mm -hmm. right when he came into the game, and he was able to hold it all the way through. Um, Nikola Jokic, I know he got hurt, and that's a major story, and we'll dive into it, but uh, I thought he looked like a guy who, who frankly didn't want to be there last night to start, and that's, that's concerning. Now, unfortunately before he got hurt he had just started to pick it up and he started to get in the flow of the game but um yeah when only one guy on your roster clearly brings it for all 48 minutes we can be all excited that they got bailed out by will barton but breaking news will barton's not going to bail you out every night so uh it, for getting the win is is good but they have some major issues to address uh and it, it starts by guys in that locker room figuring out whether they want to play or not because clearly last night they didn't want to play when the game started I wonder if Will Barton's better in that setting. Like when a team's down 20 and it's like, oh, crap. They need him. Yeah, it's like <laughs> we just need you to go out and shoot a bunch because I feel like that's what the type of player he is. And it sucks when the game's tied and he goes out and shoots 10 times in a row. But when there's nothing to lose, it's like you're the only one that can save us. That's what's interesting about Will Barton because on, on my show in the paint, sometimes I call him Dr. Will and Mr. Barton because he has that yeah. such different personalities of a guy. Sometimes you want to pull your hair out watching Will Barton play basketball. And then nights like last night, you're praising Will Barton for the way that he plays basketball. So he's that he's just that weird in-between guy who doesn't really say a lot. And then you hear him last night after the game saying, I tell my teammates, give me the ball. Give me the ball. Yeah. That's that's the stuff you want to hear from a guy like Will. He's my favorite personality on the team. <laughs> I don't think it's really close either. Like he's such a he, he's the, like a extravagant dresser. Yeah. <laughs> like he has he's always a great quote. He has he has probably like the 10 best quotes of the season so far. So I'm a Will Barton fan, but you're right. It is a bit of a roller coaster sometimes. Well, and the history of Will Barton is fascinating, right? I mean, this is a guy who was buried. Uh, it was on Portland's bench, correct mm -hmm. me if I'm wrong. And he was just kind of a, an afterthought, a kid who had a pretty nice career in Memphis. And now he's quickly emerging as a candidate for, for maybe sixth man of yeah. the year. Yeah. And uh, last night, again, he carried them to a win. So, uh, you know, Adam kind of shot me a look when I said Wilson Chandler is their third best player. <laughs> okay, let's let's bump him down below Jamal Murray. Let's bump him down below Gary Harris. Well, Gary Harris and let's bump him guy. down below Will Barton. 
But point <laughs> with point that notwithstanding, <laughs> they still were missing three of their six best players in that second half last night. Do you like that adjustment? I, there? Am, am I that expressive? <laughs> my wife always says this too. Like you I can feel it across yeah. the oh, table. Like I, I feel it a big <laughs> way. Like where are you going with this? My my point is is Wilson Chandler's not had a good start to this year. I'm not going to sugarcoat that, but. On paper, we can still all agree he was one of the three they were missing in that second half last yeah, night when sure. Will Barton carried. No, no doubt about it. Wilson, I think, is is been a bit of a disappointment. I know it's it's not really early anymore. You got enough of a sample size. Oh yeah, we're to see in. what the Nuggets are supposed to be, what they can be, and nights like last night, what they can be when it's bad. But Wilson has been the guy that. Like, you, you're always waiting. Okay, he's going to take this next step next season. Or he's going to take this next step at the quarter season mark. Or after the All-Star break, he's really going to start to score the, the basketball. And he never really does take that next step. So we're all still waiting for him to do it. I think he is who he is now at this stage of his career. But also, I think he's one of these guys, and it's frustrating. This isn't, like, an excuse for him. I think he's one of these guys that, like, he is uh, – if the team is playing well, he's playing well. Not Not – when he plays well, the team plays well. But, like, when things are going, he can fit in and do the right thing. But you need him to step up. He's not going to step up. Like, I just think that's who he is. He's not going to go all Will Barton on you yes, like Will exactly. Barton did right, last yeah. night. Exactly. <laughs> exactly, exactly. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner. And Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. ask you guys play a little game i just invented when i was preparing the show called are you concerned at all all right are you i'll start with you jd are you concerned at all that the average fan is becoming more panicky and like hot takey because i feel like this year the nuggets are 11 and 8 they're right on pace for exactly what we all expected them to be and i feel like everything's burning to the ground when i talk to fans <laughs> i think it's kind of a state of the sports well really the world but the <laughs> sports world uh specific we'll stick with the sports but it's a it's a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately world that we live in, not just sports, but in every aspect of life. And the Nuggets haven't done much lately. We're talking about a young core. We're talking about the potential and the ceiling that this team has, and that's high. They have a lot of potential. But right now, we all want it to come to fruition. We yeah. want it right now. Let's see how good this young team can be. We have no patience as a society, so therefore us as sports fans, we refuse to accept the fact they're 19 and 20 years old. They're 21 They're and 22 so years old. What were we doing at 21, 22? I couldn't even tell you. Altitude would fire me. So <laughs> we have to be patient. It's tough, but we have to be. You know what's funny is you're talking to one of those hot takey fans. All you have to do is follow my Twitter account. I mean, I, I generally freak out a lot. I'm a roller coaster fan. I'm an emotional fan. Um, you know, because of who I work for, I can't be that way as much with the Denver Nuggets. I'll just be transparent on that and be honest. You guys um, are good, though. I, there's a lot of criticism that comes out of altitude, I feel. I mean, 
You're not gonna like bird ownership. Yeah. We can't or just like cheerlead a hundred percent of the well, time. When they play you bad, know? you guys, you guys talk about it. No, no doubt, and and I'm not afraid to, and and I have to give management a lot of credit. Is they've told us we can criticize the team, and yeah. I mean, it would have been a bloodbath had they lost last <laughs> night um, <laughs> in, in terms of criticism. But but I am that hot takey fan, Adam. So yeah. I, I guess uh, to answer your question, I can relate to the, the fellow hot takey fans because that's just who I am. It's how I'm wired. Do I you can't think? Control it. Do you think? that the Nuggets need to be at this certain place right now? Or or do you have some sort of patience with the team? Because you know they're so young. I will have no patience if they miss the playoffs. None okay. whatsoever. I agree, None with, whatsoever that. I agree with that. I agree with that. That's a major failure, and I think like firings happen, no doubt about it, if they miss. And what's funny is it's probably going to come down to the wire, so I think people are going to be sweating it internally. Um, I look at this team, and I think they're a 45, 46-win team. That's what I thought. And I think people forget that's not a great team. Like That's not a team that – goes on 15 game win streaks and and no. blows teams out of the water night after night they'll have good games they'll have really bad ones and but i will say this team is worse than i thought in in a lot of ways and some of that's the paul Millsap stuff but some of that is just the offense and the point guard situation and uh, and so there are some things that like they're 11 and 8 but man i could if, if you told me they go on a six game r- losing streak coming up i wouldn't i wouldn't be shocked by that just because of how they played it's just the the, the up and the down the hot and the cold all the katy perry lyrics it was <laughs> it's just one night and we see it almost every night with a guy like jamal murray he hits he hits he's great and then the next night he struggles he struggles i think him and mudier were 2 of 18 or something last night they got to get it together so that brings us to number 2 are you concerned at all that Jamal Murray actually can't shoot the basketball? <laughs> I am concerned because I have coined Jamal Murray baby Steph Curry multiple yeah. times on the radio, and that makes me look fairly silly. Um, he, he's still streaky, I guess, but right now it's a lot more cold streak than hot streak, um, so even streaky may not be the right word to describe it. I still have faith in Jamal. I still think Jamal uh, can be a star in this league, and I'm not afraid to use that word. We have to remind ourselves this is his junior year at Kentucky. That's what this is. This is his junior year at Kentucky, and if it was a more traditional college system like the NFL, we wouldn't even be seeing him in the NBA yet. So He'd be I'm dominating by, college right exactly, now. Exactly. Yeah. I'm by no means off the Jamal Murray bandwagon, but I'm also not going to apologize for some very tough shooting nights of yeah. late. There are nights, like I was just saying, where Jamal looks like the guy that Will's talking about. And I think the three of us, a lot of Nuggets fans, think that's who he's going to be. But there are nights, like last night, where you can see him playing the game up here in his brain and not playing it on the hardwood. When he plays the game upstairs, he gets lost, and he starts to think about jump shots before he shoots the jump shot. He had that little in-between leaner last night that was ugly. It was late in the game, and you couldn't tell if he was trying to bank it or just make it, and it just back rim bricked. That was a big shot, He was thinking about it, yes. If they would have lost, that would have been a shot you highlight in the first game. That was the, the nail. All right, <laughs> I'm a little concerned with him too. I think uh, we know he can shoot. Do you remember? Like you just see moments where he makes like six in a row, and he looks. But then, I think it's thirty percent on the year or something like that. I mean, we did nug- real quick, Adam. We did Nuggets Media Day live from their practice court, and Vic and I were shooting around, and Jamal Murray walked in and just took the basketball, and he just started putting on a show. And I know, and I get it. It's a practice court. There's no pressure. <laughs> there's no fans. But it's like you forget that like. He doesn't miss when right. when he just shoots. He doesn't miss. Like we go to the rack and we make three or four in a row. We're like, man, I'm kind of on a roll. <laughs> and he makes 15 in a row and doesn't even blink. So he still is a really good shooter. It's just doing it on the court in front of fans in a game yeah. and not doing it in front of Vic and I at Nuggets Media Day. <laughs> we had kind of alluded to this earlier, but are you concerned at all that this team doesn't have a natural leader on the roster? Not that 
one needs to step up, but just that it's not in the nature of anybody on the team. I think it's a big concern. I think there's going to be opportunities, and we saw one last night where Will Barton says, I will be the leader. Maybe it's not the vocal leader, but it's give me the basketball and let me go to work and I'll lead you to victory, which he did do last night. I think we will see some more of that from Will Barton. I also think we're going to see Richard Bar uh, Richard Jefferson insert himself a little bit more into that role. I don't know if you guys saw it. Richard going back and forth with a fan a little bit last night. Not. He had that turnover where he lost the ball under the basket between his legs. And then a fan must have said something. He looked up. They start John. Next possession the Nuggets had, Richard scores on a, a weird-looking like reverse layup type of he thing. He probably traveled. But He probably <laughs> did travel. But he's running down because the Bulls called a timeout. And he ran past the line or past the huddle, past the bench, right back underneath the basket to talk to a fan. I think just his presence, his veteran savvy, his playing with guys like LeBron James, all of those stories and things he gained doing that, that will pass on to this young Nuggets team. I hope you're right about that. What about you, Will? Are there leaders on this roster? Well, I think the biggest concern is that Nikola Jokic is a leader when he feels like being a leader, right? Yeah. When the Michael Malone was suspended for the Sacramento game, we've all heard the story now of Malone gave him the pep talk, and then Jokic came out and led, and the Nuggets got one of their better wins of the year. I know Sacramento's not any good, but they've been so bad on the road that we have to give them credit when they actually do win on the road. So it's when is Nikola Jokic going to decide that he wants to lead on an 82-game night? Because – and this is a silly comparison, but LeBron James doesn't take nights off like Nikola Jokic right now takes nights, nights off. He took the night off in Utah, and then he took the night off last night before he got hurt. I mean, he had a stretch of two good minutes before he got hurt. So when is Nikola Jokic going to decide, I only get 82 of these a year, and I'm going to lead in all 82 of them, whether I'm in a good mood and a bad mood, whether I'm having a good day or a bad day. And uh, that is my biggest concern right now. But obviously the caveat, he's incredibly young. He can grow into that role. I don't expect him to develop it overnight. But your best player has got to be your leader most of the time, right? Look at NBA champions in history. Kobe was the leader. Uh, LeBron's a leader. Michael Jordan was a leader. Like, we can talk about Richard Jefferson, but at the reality is once they're it's healthy, not the he's player. not going to play. Right. So There's not if many, you're not like, playing, you can't really be a leader. Do you guys think the, the youthfulness of Nikola? I always try to it's, – it's almost crazy to do it, but you try to compare these guys and put them in a real-life scenario, even though professional sports is not real life. It's a 21-year-old in a foreign country – trying to figure out where he fits in with everything. I'm not making an excuse because, Will, you're right. Best players have to lead by vocal and by example on the floor. But the guy is still trying to figure out everything that comes with life of a professional basketball player. Do you think that plays into it at all? A hundred percent. I think it's a huge part of it. And not just for him, for all these guys. Jamal Murray, you guys know this when you go into the locker room and interview players. It really jumps off the screen how young they are, right? Yeah. Like when you're just talking to them after practice about some like simple stuff, and you're like, "Oh man, it's kind of like I'm talking to a could you imagine a young, if, a kid if, if we went to a Nuggets party that was just the guys and no team affiliation? We'd be like the old creepy dudes. Right? At, like, what are those guys yeah. doing here? Exactly, makes me uncomfortable. Like the uncles or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's not, <laughs> yeah. So I definitely think I think with Jokic. You know, with LeBron, all the guys you named, they can win with their physical. They can overwhelm you physically. They can run through a wall mm -hmm. when you need them to. I think Jokic splits the atom. That's how he's good. He has to split the atom to be good, and he's very cerebral. And when the team's doing the right stuff, he's like he's like Peyton Manning in that regard. And I think, and that's just why I wonder. I, I rewatched that first quarter. I know everybody's going to disagree with me on this. I thought he played well. The guys did not make shots, and I think people want him to kind of force a shot, and maybe he needs to. Maybe he needs to, like, just go in and force and, and, and make one or two 
But I just thought you look at the shots and they got great looks. And then in the second quarter, he he started to be more aggressive individually. So I just think that's who he is. And I think what you need isn't necessarily a, a, a better leader in terms of like somebody to pick up the slack. But I do think you need like a Tion Waiters type or a Will Barton type that's just like okay. No, our regular offense that usually works isn't working for whatever reason. Somebody just go run through a wall real quick. And, and that's why I think it's a little different. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner. And Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Let's segue into some fun stuff here. Which you guys cover all the teams, which is something I could never do. Like I, <laughs> I feel like I spent so much time on the Nuggets. But which fan base, which Denver fan base is the worst? I have my qualify answer for worst. This. I like this question. No, though. you you answer it however you like. You qualify it. Uh the worst fan base. I I would say it's the Rockies are the worst fan base because it's such a social crowd that it's a bar with a baseball game in the background. In terms of baseball fans who truly understand and know the game, I would say the Rockies are the worst fan base in town. I'm going to say the CSU Rams <laughs> fan base. I know it's a little – I mean, it's, not a, niche, it's yeah. not a big four. <laughs> yeah. If it were a big four, I would generalize and say hockey fan because it's almost for the same reasoning, to be honest. Both of these groups of fans – Hit us up on Twitter. Hit us up on our text line. Hit us up on email and everything. Talk about our team. Talk about our sport. Talk about this. And then you talk about that or you tweet about right. it, and the replies are, you're an idiot. What are you talking about? You don't know anything about it. You asked me to talk about it, moron. <laughs> now I'm talking about it. So I think for that reason, it's it's CSU guy or hockey guy. One more thing on Rockies fans. There are good Rockies fans out there. Don't get of me course, wrong. Of course, of course. But there's yeah. just not enough. You go watch a baseball game on the East Coast, and they live and die by every pitch. You go watch a game at the Rockies, and they're worried about where their next shot's coming from on yeah. the party day. But full disclosure, I'm that fan. So I don't have a <laughs> oh, problem dude, with the Rockies. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> don't get me wrong. I'm a party deck guy through and through. I just think that's how you watch baseball. It's such a yeah, long right? season. It's such a slow game that, like, come on. If you, There are, like, the 1% of fans that are, like, hanging on every pitch and, like, oh, they got to go with the change up here or whatever. But most fans are just like, let's check the score at the end of the third. Oh, okay, we're doing well. All right. Yeah. Who's your worst fan base, Adam? It's easy for me. and we, I like that we all have different angles for this. Like, yours was, like, for me – it's the Denver Broncos. <laughs> it's the Denver Broncos fan base that drives me nuts. And, like, they're great fans because like, there's so many of them and everybody's so diehard. Uh, they just gave up on the season. Like, the Denver Broncos last week. I had so many – and this is family, like, close family. Yeah. I'm talking to, and they're like, you know, all they got to do is win this week. And then, like, they're just three <laughs> games back. And then and I was like, guys, throw in the towel. This is a, a terrible team. And it's every time – it's every single season. And then the other thing I hate is – and this is so much I, I get this from being a Nuggets fan and, and I'm a fan of the Broncos I'm a fan of all Colorado teams but the you know the reason we don't support the Nuggets is because we demand a good team and that's why the Broncos are good because we've demanded it and it's like you guys are idiots <laughs> absolutely idiots I never understood that of it's I, I always understand I'm a basketball guy first and foremost always going to be my favorite sport to watch cover play everything but I get that this is a football town 
But you can't make an excuse of, well, we go to the Broncos games because there's only 16 of those. You know, you could go to Pepsi Center 82, 100 and something nights a year right. for way less cash than right. going to whatever they call their stadium now <laughs> and enjoy a good experience because, as you said earlier, the Nuggets actually play well at home. The Avalanche actually play well at home. Right. The Broncos suck. Home, road, practice, indoor practice facility, no matter where, if, they're not good. If they were the fans they thought they were, they would have never returned after that Giants game. <laughs> That's exactly like, right. Until <laughs> you guys do not come back up of a bye and get run by the Giants. But you make a good point. Right now, Pepsi Center, I believe, if I have this stat correct, the two teams are combined 17-4. and four. So at, at home, if you yeah. want to watch a winner get to a Nuggets game, get to an Avs game, because that right now is where teams are winning. Come yeah. to one of my rec league games. We get W's. <laughs> <laughs> we are here at the Celtic on Market, 1400 Market Street. It is the sponsor of the show of today's Friday Summit, always the, f- the sponsor of our Friday Summit show. And if you're looking for a home bar, this is the place to come and check it out. It's got like, you know, it's kind of got like a central perk feel to it. It's also got, it's, it's got the feel of, like, of your home bar. So if you want a home bar in the city of Denver, low key, good time, good food, good drinks, come check out the Celtic on Market. They're really cool. Owner's awesome. They sponsor our events. If you came to our Stiffs Night Out, this was our home bar, and it was popping. It was packed. So support the people that support this show, Celtic on Market Street. I'm having the mac and cheese right now, which is not too bad. I've had the fish and chips. I'm trying, like, all the different meals nice. as, as I eat here. So um, check it out, and then let me know. When you go, hit me up on Twitter and let me know what you thought of it. I will. I, I always like to hear what people think of uh, the people that sponsor our stuff. So, so Millsap is out. Jokic out. Wilson Chandler out. What is the worst injury you've had in your career? It's got me thinking of this partly because I've spent my year injured. But I've got a terrible. I probably ha- I probably got you guys all beat. Uh, Are we talking basketball career no. or life career? Life life worst injury. Yeah. Life injury. Okay. I br- I broke my femur into. It's oh. actually coming up on ten years. It's a two weeks from today. It'll be ten years that I broke my femur. I still have a rod from kneecap to hip. Oh my god! Right now, yeah. Yeah, I can't top you on that, but uh, when I was a little kid, I was pushing myself back and forth and catching myself on my chair. Well, my feet were through the back of my chair. I was so little. I didn't catch myself. You can imagine what happened there. Oh, my gosh. Shattered my leg. Um, I was only three years old, but I got to be honest with you, it's my first memory of my life. Like, my (laughs) first legitimate memory of my life is a very traumatic one. Did you have to have surgery? Oh, yeah. It was 911, rushed to the hospital. It uh, It shattered my leg badly. So I was lucky to recover because I was so little, but um, yeah, don't let your kids try to catch themselves when uh, <laughs> their feet are through the back of the chair, because if they don't catch themselves, it ain't real pretty. None of you guys have kids, right? That you don't uh-uh. have at least. Yeah, okay. no, no kids. No kids. <laughs> Fortunately. <laughs> See, I've got a, I've got an almost three-year-old and a one-year-old, and like, I, I just know they're not going to make it through their youth <laughs> without a major injury, and I'm like terrified for just it. Just waiting for it. The other day, this is terrible, I'm going to get child services called. I was watching my one-year-old, and she's like at the stage now where she thinks she can get into everything, like crawl. She fell off the couch not once but twice <laughs> <laughs> under my watch. And, like, it was one of those things where I was like, she's doing great. And then it turned so quick that I was like, oh, God, I didn't react quick enough. And, I and like, it, you feel like the worst parent in the world. Yeah. Aren't bumps and bruises going to happen, though? You're just trying to avoid the major Makes ones. Makes them ta- stronger. Like, look, yeah. rationally, yes. But when I go to the store and she has a giant knot on her head, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm the bad parent, guys. Everybody's <laughs> looking at me, judging me. <laughs> but uh, I, uh, similar to both of you guys, and I think boys are worse because boys are just dumber. Like, exactly. Like, little yeah. boys are just the worst. Um, I broke both my arms. Dunking off of uh, back in this was at the same time sixth or seventh grade. Mm. I jumped off of a buddy's back. You know how you like do trick dunk. Yeah, yeah. Jumped off my buddy's back. Awesome dunk and grabbed (laughs) onto the rim, swung, 
and then let go on accident and fell back on both arms, oh. broke them both. Wow. And this was at school, by the way. The teacher, I'd, I'll never – the thing I remember most about this is the look on my teacher's face, which was like, I'm getting fired. <laughs> <laughs> this kid just cost me my yeah, career. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. I so you had two casts at the same time, like I hard two, casts? I had two casts. That's pretty badass, yeah. though, right? I mean – No. Well, I mean, it would be if I actually had dunked or done something sure. cool. Like, <laughs> you didn't even have a cool story yeah. out of it. Dunking yeah. off your friend's back is like, no, that was My was a stupid snowmobile accident and it was all 100% my own fault so snowmobile we're all accidents, idiots like I've ridden snowmobiles twice in my life and once it was like this great powder and it was so much fun another time it was like ice scariest time of my life I fell off like three times skidded across it was the why, why snowmobile? I didn't uh, make the best life decisions as a young man. <laughs> this so is shocking <laughs> to me. it was a, a bad situation from the start that I made worse oh geez is home court advantage back at Pepsi Center? We kind of alluded to this. Like, okay, so they're nine and two. Are they going to be? Is this is this what we have for the rest of the year? Or is this kind of a, a fluke where they're beating up on the Bulls by one point? I think. I, so sorry, Will. I think it's a. There's a crucial moment happening right now for that very question because if this team comes out and and this is something else, Adam and I were talking about this a little earlier. Will of, um, we're so close, the three of us. It's what we do every day. Are the fans, the casual fan, do they pay as close of attention? Do they see last night as, God, they beat the Bulls by one point? Or do they see last night as, holy cow, Will Barton hit a game winner with 3.2 seconds left to go? That was awesome. If you see it as the latter, I think the home court advantage can be a big thing because they'll start to go back. I think there's been a lot of fun games at Pepsi Center, and that's important. Because if you spend your money, and the Nuggets are great, and they win by 20, and, like, Torrey Craig plays 25 minutes, you're yeah. like, kind of like, oh, <laughs> But last night even, like, okay, guys got hurt, so that sucks. It was a great game. If you were there, you were having a blast. Let's call it scale of 1 to 10. 10 is the Western Conference Finals against the Lakers in 2009. <laughs> 1 is rock bottom of the Brian Shaw era. Last night and, and the games I've attended this year, they've honestly been 6 or 7. I'm not going to sit here and say, it feels like a playoff game because it doesn't. It right. can still get better, don't get me wrong, because I do remember those playoff games. But in terms of just general energy and engaged and into the game, we are definitely on the right direction, the right trend. Um, again, one to ten, I'd put them about a six or a seven. But I mean, you're nine and two. What if next thing we look up and you're twenty and three or, or twenty and four? Then, then it's going to ramp up to an eight or a nine, and we can start to approach that playoff level atmosphere again. That's the last one of the fun stuff, but. Vic had one of my favorite moments of television last night <laughs> where he interviewed Buddy Bell of the Colorado Rockies, who I didn't even know existed. Have you guys what's, – what's your worst Buddy Bell moment of your career so far? Have you had a, a, a Buddy Bell moment? Uh, so I uh, – you know what's funny is this actually just happened a few weeks ago, and it was it was not as bad as, as Vic's, but um, he was he was busting me about getting to Broncos and asking the tough questions and whatever. So it was, all right, Vic, I'll go down and I'll ask the tough question. And um, I asked Vance Joseph, I said, Vance, <laughs> what's the status of Paxton Lynch? Because it was this very minor injury that had turned into this big thing. And Vance gave me some BS answer, whatever. The next day we were playing it on the show. We're playing it back, and Vic keeps hitting it over and over again. And it becomes clear that I called Vance Vic. I said, <laughs> Vic, what is the status of Paxton Lynch? Vic was Lynch? on your mind. Oh, so no. Because I was so mad at Vic for thinking I didn't have the Cajons to go down there and ask it, I was <laughs> thinking about him when I called the head coach Vic instead of Vance. So that would probably be mine. I think you actually might have been there for mine, Adam. It was the 2013 Warriors-Nuggets playoff series. Uh, it was the game where Steph injured the ankle, and the question was, were the Nuggets trying to beat him up a little bit? And Clay Thompson had an outstanding first half. In the second half, George Carl was the coach of the Nuggets at the time. 
switched to put Iguodala to, to chase Clay around for the rest of the second half, and Iggy shut him down. He's a good defensive player. So my question to Mark Jackson in post game was, you know, what are you going to do to adjust to Iguodala guarding Clay Thompson because Iggy was able to shut him down in that second half? And Mark's <laughs> response was just, no, he didn't. <laughs> and then everyone in the room kind of looked at me for a response, and I was just like, oh, okay. <laughs> handed the mic back <laughs> because i didn't know what to say back to the guy and i felt still right now embarrassed that it happened it was that response it was is awesome. the best <laughs> oh okay thanks you have one yeah so mine similar to yours actually nba coaches who are about to get fired <laughs> and mine was kevin McHale. this was early in my reporting year, uh, career when i thought like answering like smart questions meant you were a smart person <laughs> which is not the case and then, so i asked uh they were this was like a week before he got fired. They were on like a four-game losing streak, and Harden was hurt. And I said, you know, you never root for injuries, but you've had some injuries. Do you feel like there's some positives you can take, like you've learned from this team? By the way, this was first question in the pregame presser. And he <laughs> looks at me with like the – like like he was absolutely disgusted with that question. Kind of like just, just hangs for a moment and then says, no, I learned that I Oh, and walked away. Oh, oh, wow. Shut down the presser, and that was it. And I was like, sorry, guys. Yeah, that <laughs> no sucks. My bad. Yeah. But, you know, a week later he was fired, so I'm guessing uh, I was probably the victim of, of – of He was going through some he stuff. He knew what was coming, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, Have, has anybody asked a question, because this is a goal of mine for this season, has anybody asked a question to Pop yet? Not this year, because he hasn't been tempted. Last year – and you know what was interesting – it felt like that was a big shtick. Like, he was kind of laughing the whole time. And he would give us the, the annoying answer, like, well, I'm annoyed right. with you guys. But it almost felt more like, hey, you're just messing. Hey, which I kind of are, I'm all right with. Um, let's wrap this up. We are at the Celtic on Market Street. If you're going to the Nuggets-Lakers game this weekend, check this out before and after. It's a great bar for you to pre-party and, and get hammered for the game or just have some food. It's also a great place for the post-party afterwards. So check it out, 1400 Market. You can walk to it. Uh, the Celtic. All right, last one, guys. Let's look ahead. Um, the Nuggets this week, they have the Lakers at home. They are at Dallas, then at New Orleans. I'm going to start with you, Will. Where are the Nuggets going to go in that stretch? And we have to say that we're recording this Friday midday. We don't know the status of Nikola Jokic. Well, I think you have to beat the Lakers with or without Jokic. To me, it's a, a revenge game. I mean, they've had several embarrassing losses on the road this year, but that Lakers one may have been the worst based on where they were. Um, you know, even when he got ejected, they were down 20 points or whatever. I don't have the exact number in front of me. So I, I think with or without Nikola, you have to – you have to find a way to win that game. And then you got to go to Dallas and you have to beat the Mavericks. That's just another bad basketball team. They've had too many road games this year against bad basketball teams where not only they haven't won, but they haven't even been competitive. So um, I, I know it's Friday afternoon and we don't know Nikola Jokic's status, but at the same time, you have to win both those. Um, I'm not sure you go win in New Orleans, but 2-1 and one in the next three games, including two um, almost must-wins, which sounds silly in December, but... That's kind of where I stand on, on this next three-game stretch. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up-to-date. Locked On NBA. 
Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Go for it. I'll splice it together. I'm pretty much right there with you, Will. I think uh, you got to beat the Lakers. You got to beat Dallas, New Orleans. You get uh, the bigs that you're going to face, and that always seems to be challenging for the Nuggets. Now we don't know about Jokic. We know Millsap won't be there, so that could be a really, really uphill battle against the Pelicans if you have to play small ball. But something the Nuggets have to stop doing. They're talented. They have a lot of talent. It's not where it's going to be yet. But they're not talented enough to just show up and beat bad teams like the Lakers and like the Mavericks. So if they can show up and know they have to come for 48 minutes, they're going to win both of those games. And you could win them in big blowout fashion. The problem is they don't do that. So realistically, I bet you the Nuggets probably split these two games, Lakers and Dallas, because it's kind of the way the season's gone. And what about New Orleans? At New Orleans, on the road. I don't like it right now. Yeah. I don't like it right now. You're going to face Boogie and the Brow, and you're not going to have Millsap or possibly Nikola Jokic. Kenneth Farid ain't guarding those guys. <laughs> yeah, Boogie and the Brow or Mason Plumley. Mason's a nice guy, yeah. but I'm, who am I taking there? Oh, God, that's depressing. I, I'm nervous, guys. I'm going to say one and two, but I don't even feel good about that. So here's I'm, I'm th- with you. The Lakers, I think, are actually a scrappy bad team. They're like a good bad team. They're not good, but they play hard and, and – they can catch fire on you as the Nuggets found out. Dallas plays spread pick and roll. They're not a good team. They're terrible. But they Carlisle is really good at spread pick and roll, and the Nuggets suck against it. <laughs> it's like the one thing they can't guard. Houston embarrasses them every single time they play them. And then, of course, New Orleans, you know, with, I think Millsap tilts that in their favor, but without it, Jokic is just like that's two of the worst matchups individually for him. So I'm I'm – I'm 1-2, but I think 0-3 is a possibility. Oh, man. Maybe I'm too optimistic. Real quick, atmosphere tomorrow night at Pepsi Center. Curious to hear your guys' thoughts because I think – I don't know if it's going to be sold out, but I think we're talking 16,000-ish people, and I think we're talking six to 8,000 Lakers fans. I think the atmosphere is going to be awesome because it's almost going to feel like a – Final Four neutral court college game. I think Pepsi Center is going to be split down the middle tomorrow night, which I think will be fun. I'm going I'm to chime in here. You saw my Facebook post, I think, yesterday about in and out Yeah. Being a fan of the Los Angeles Lakers <laughs> is the lamest thing you can possibly be in Denver. This is a cool-ass city that everybody, for whatever reason, wants to import their Californian culture out here. The Lakers are annoying. They suck. They're the worst. Like, if you're going to pick, if you're just, like, looking around the league to pick a, a team to be a fan of, like the Cowboys, Yankees, Lakers, yeah. those three, if you pick them, you're just an They're asshole. taken. You can't be fans you're, of those teams anymore. You're an awful human being if you pick those teams <laughs> and you live in Denver. It kills me. Do you guys think LeVar Ball will be in the building? <laughs> no. Oh, is, that's a good question. Vic Lombardi interview him on Altitude TV? This is something we discussed on the show this morning because Vic has a, a moral thing of we just want LeVar to go away. I shouldn't give him the platform. But James Merlat and I pointed out you didn't give LeVar the platform. It's not your fault he has the platform. So if he's here, you should interview him. Your guys' thoughts on that? I'd say no. I'm tired of hearing LeVar Bar- Ball speak. But – as a guy that works for Altitude and maybe ratings <laughs> makes us some money, then maybe we do it. <laughs> uh, I mean, I think this is an easy question. I like you played some, like, philosophical gymnastics here, but this is easy. No, if you're opposed to it, you don't interview <laughs> him. There's no, like, oh. He doesn't travel with the team. We're just an innocent bystander of this whole thing. So, yeah, I don't think he – I think, fortunately, it won't be an issue. But, uh, but no. And, and, you know, my thing with LeVar, I'm not – I don't hate him as much as most people do, but I also don't watch, like, SportsCenter 24-7, so I don't get as annoyed with him. Um He's just not interesting to me is the thing. Like, I think other people are much more interested in the controversy. I just am like, he's he's done his spiel. He's done his stick. And now I get it. I can I can say what he's going to say. So, uh, 
He's a helicopter dad. We all played sports our whole life. We've seen these guys for our entire lives. He's just louder than all of the other ones. Guys, thanks so much. This was fun. This was a good hour. Uh, anything you want to plug or promote before we get out of here, Will? I would just love for everyone to listen to Altitude 950. Um, you know, there's another station in town that's going to continue to talk Broncos, and they're just a total <laughs> mess right now. There's actually two of them. Um, we talk it all. Denver's All Sports Station is our slogan. And uh, come to us for great Nuggets content and other sports, too. Um, so I would love for you to listen to the Vic Lombardi Show on Altitude 950, but also listen to the whole station live and local 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. They have a really good Nuggets insider too that pops in every now and then yeah he is he is really good despite <laughs> the whole thornton thing uh same for me listen to altitude check out my post game shows i'm on about 30 minutes after every nuggets and abs game uh follow and me call on, in give yeah him a, call give in call we, we'll in. give you tickets we got tickets to give away and follow me on twitter at joshua dover thanks so much guys uh i'll have their bios and stuff and links to this podcast and on denverstiffs.com and everybody else have a great weekend we'll see you next week Thanks for listening to the Locked On Nuggets podcast. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and visit us on the web at denverstiffs.com. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.